97 South's Storytellers features conversations with professional songwriters and seeks to pull back the curtain on the art, craft, and career of songwriting. We'll bring you to those magical moments of creativity that have delivered the inspiring songs that make up the soundtrack of our lives. I'm Paul McGuire, and today I'm talking to Kim Mitchell. The songs of iconic rocker and guitar virtuoso Kim Mitchell are a part of the fabric of Canadian life. Like patio lanterns on a warm summer night, he has illuminated the Canadian experience through his music for almost five decades. Three multi-platinum albums, three Juno Awards, a U.S. chart topper with Gopher Soda, and his time in the influential art rock band Max Webster make Kim Mitchell a national treasure. I've been talking to... Uh a lot of songwriters over the last couple of years. Okay. I found that they fell on one side of the fence or the other. Uh, one was they used the time that was available to them because normally they'd be on the road or doing whatever to actually sit down and write all these things that they always wanted to do. So they went to their, whatever, their notebook or the file that they had on a hard drive somewhere and, went, yep. and just poured their heart and soul into songwriting. The other side of the fence was people were having trouble finding inspiration because they were not interacting with human beings and living life. So hence no inspiration. Which side of the fence did you fall on? The latter. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried numerous times to, uh, I mean, I did play guitar, but it wasn't when I'm practicing, when I feel good, I'm, everything's working, everything's firing, right? Life is happening. And that's where you get inspiration to pick up your instrument and be creative when there's nothing happening. But I see how people do that. Like I totally respect for the ones that go, I'm going to learn to play jazz yeah. or I'm going to write a new record. And there were people that did that, but man, I have guitars out in my house and I'd maybe pick it up for five minutes here and there and go, eh, no, let's go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. Just wasn't depressed. Just wasn't inspired to get doing it. And I had just finished my last record before COVID hit, which was uh, the big fantasize. So I kind of, you know, had all that creative output and songwriting and stuff kind of behind me. And then this hit for the first couple of months, I got to drop my shoulders and went, ah, oh, this is kind of nice. I'm not on the road. And then after a while, like everyone, yeah. it's like, okay, this is really going on. Wow. The big fantasize, there was obviously some, probably some touring, some live stuff that was supposed to come behind the release of it that didn't happen, right? That's right. Yeah. Same thing with the Canadian Songwriter Hall of Fame. Yeah. I get inducted into that and I was in a restaurant eating a meal with a couple of the people like, hey, congratulations. So that got kind of taken away. I mean, congratulations. That's, that's fine. It what, was what a still, great, still a great honor. Are you shredding? Are you a shredder still? Are you as good at guitar no. as you ever were? Or was there a peak? The shredding, it doesn't really interest me anymore. Yeah. I mean, when I first started to take guitar lessons, I moved from the Isle of Rhodes in Greece back to Canada to actually take guitar lessons in Toronto. This would be Max Webster days. Oh, it is? Yeah, okay. yeah. when I moved from the Isle of Rhodes in Greece, right. we formed Max Webster because I needed something to do in Toronto. Yeah. So I took guitar lessons. It's like, well, what am I going to do to make 150 bucks a week? Yeah. Well, I start. We started Max Webster. The, okay. Myself and a bass player. So, but that's when I took lessons. And but was that out of you? Just knew I need to raise my game if I'm going to do yeah. this for for real. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be a better guitar player. That's and, amazing because you already uh, had success. You guys already had a following and everything. But you a wanted little bit. To, yeah, yeah. Max Webster started to do uh, well. We're talking like so long ago, lifetimes ago. You know, did it help your songwriting? Like getting better at the guitar gave Absolutely. you maybe it opened up some doors, right? Well, yes. I wrote my first song on the Isle of Rhodes in Greece. Like ever? Yeah, I'd never written a song yet. Went over there. I backed up a Greek Tom Jones. 
that, I never, by the way, we never told him that he wasn't Tom Jones. But, <laughs> but, uh, by the way, saying that you wrote your first song, that sounds really cool. On the Isle of Rhodes in Greece. Yeah, that yeah. sounds really cool. Well, it was. And the person who wrote a lot of my songs with me, Pai Dubois, he decided to tour around, you know, do the backpack thing. And somehow he found where I live and everything when, when he got there. And he, it was one of those crazy moments where you're sitting in your apartment on the Isle of Rhodes in Greece in the afternoon and the door opens up and he's pie standing there. He goes, okay, it's the right place, Mike. <laughs> what? <laughs> he says, yeah, I just asked a couple guys, Greek guys over here. I said, you know, some musicians live around here. Yeah, I think they're in that building on the third floor Come or something. On. Yeah, so... We wrote a song. He pulled, started to pull out papers and stuff like that after a few days, and we wrote a song called I Can Only Give You What My Heart Already Knows. Never finished it, but it was kind of a little country and western thing. And yeah. You got some stories, man. We're going to get to that mm -hmm. okay. today. Sure. But this podcast and your participation in 97 South Song Sessions can mm -hmm. be um, maybe force you to crack open the, the hard drives in your brain for all those little stories, some of those stories, right? Let's go, okay, let's start. It might be fragmented. No, that's okay. all right. <laughs> there is a difference between being a musician and being a songwriter, right? Yes. I mean, or a performer and a songwriter. The mm -hmm. delineation is artist is the performer, and then there are writers. And I'm like, for me, it's a songwriter can also be a performer. Exactly. But the songwriters, that's the artistry. That's where that starts, right? And obviously it's an art to perform on stage and keep everybody connected and to do that job. There's an art to that. Mm -hmm. But I just, the delineation, they don't refer to writers as artists. Artists, I started as a writer in Nashville, then I became an artist. I'm like, no, right. do you understand what I mean? Like, yes, yes, and I that's, that, that kind of like bugs me. Yeah, songwriters have to have a, an understanding of, you know, you can't not play an instrument and you have to have something happening. Yeah. Sometimes it can be limited and that can sometimes work to a songwriter's advantage that they don't have all this harmonic knowledge and haven't studied music. They just know four or five chords and they level out the most simple, beautiful stuff. There's yeah. just some kind of, of mojo going on that they have that, like, bang, this thing all of a sudden presents itself. Yeah, and there's a great song sitting there. And I'm of the, the feeling that, like at 97 South, I'm looking at the people that they're going to be there. And like, like all their stuff, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I've always said, as far as songwriting goes, I think simple is hard. Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Right. You're talking about a guy that knows four or five chords and can come up with something beautiful. Yeah. Have you had those, those epiphanies, those moments? I mean, that you must have. Yeah. Thankfully, I've gone there and done that a little bit. Yeah. I would say a song like Easy to Tame is a very simple song. Did it come simply? Did it come easily, it, rather? It just kind of happened one day. And, and there is some advice uh, for young songwriters. Is Because I was a rock musician, all of a sudden I'm off in this land writing this sort of like a country feel song. Yeah. But you don't stop yourself. If something starts to happen, take it to its logical conclusion. There's nobody else watching at that moment. Yeah. Right? Even if you're hired to, well, if you're hired to write a certain kind of thing, that's a whole other world. But... I just let that happen and it was so simple and I can still see my mother dancing to it uh, when she was alive. I, you know, she came up to visit me and I said, yeah, she goes, well, you writing? I said, yeah, I just kind of finished this. And I don't know, it's called Easy to Tame. She, and she just got up immediately and started to dance right in my apartment. I was just like, she goes, oh, I love it. It's so good. It's so good. So, Oh, that's nice. Know, I sort of connected something to someone who 
didn't really know much about music other than how musical energy can move you. So, yeah, how sometimes you yeah. can't help but so, move your body. So the idea of a simple idea trumps, you know, the, the more complicated and complex you get, the closer you get to, you know, being a musician whose passenger door is held closed by a bungee cable. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> if that I, makes any it sense. It really does, yeah. There is an audience that you are yeah. taking into consideration, right? Um, well, am I or are we... I'm not sure, you know, when I wrote Easy to Tame or when I wrote Patio Lanterns, I wasn't thinking of a lot of that stuff. I'm just in the process of creating. I never sit there and go, okay, what's my audience going to dig? I no, was no, doing I that. Songwriting is a very, it's a very intimate thing. I know that there's some songwriters that think of it like this, but I always look at the songwriting part as I'm the roadie for the song. Yeah. I'm not really coming up with the ideas. I think that all this stuff is floating around in the universe and picks, comes down and goes, I'm going to do this guy, okay, this, this, this woman, this artist, that, these songwriters, this. And these ideas come to you. It's not, you didn't invent this idea. It's like the universe kind of zaps me with an idea and then I'm kind of the roadie for the song and it's telling me, no, no, that's not the right course. No, that's not. Okay, more like that, more like that, you know? And yeah. sometimes that process happens in hours. Sometimes it happens over months. I think... Um, if that makes any sense. It, it, does, it, it totally makes sense. And I've heard similar things said about different artists because inspiration is impossible to quantify. I think, right? You can't like whether you're a painter or a sculptor or whatever. There's that whole thing about the sculpture's already there. I'm just knocking away the bad bits, right? That whole thing. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. And then, and then yeah. David is remains, Yeah, right? Um, it's great. But I think it's selling yourself short. I think the inspiration comes from you and it's your particular artistry because there is a sound that you have and a consistency. There's evolution, certainly over the course of your career, but there's no mistaking your signature sound and style in the songwriting that you've, in, in the catalog and the body of work that you've built. So that's not just yeah. random things firing it. If it is, there's one dude up there who's your voice and you're the conduit or the muse or whatever. That, but That's right. Yeah. You know, that idea might go, uh, this is for Kim Mitchell. <laughs> or the song gets down there and goes, why did you stick me with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> so the need to express yourself through song as a songwriter is different than just the need to get up there and play guitar in front of people or the excitement that you get from that. So the actual idea of putting a song together, when did you decide that that's what you wanted to do? Or did you start doing it before you thought it was going to be your career? Songwriting? Yeah. It came after. I, I, yeah. I was just, you know, wanting to be a guitar player. And, and you then, thought you were just going to be in bands and be a guitar player. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was it. You know, thought I might even be a sideman for somebody. Right. It takes work to sit down and write lyrics and, and compose and do verse, verse, yes, chorus. Yes, so it's when hard you, work. when you decide it's, to, like, start the work of the songwriting. It's hard work. Yeah. It's hard work. You know what? Man, to do anything well, it's hard work. There's yeah. a lot of time goes into it and a lot of, but it wasn't a need. It was, wow, this is cool. This is fun. This, you can sit down with it in the morning, drinking your coffee and seven o'clock at night, you're still sitting there in your pajamas, but you've turned out a song. It's, it's a cool thing to get lost in. It's just, that's, a, a that's thing that where, never existed before. That's right. Wow, this is, this is a neat area of being a musician. I really dig this. So. And this thing that I've now done, it may be an album that you put, a collection of songs, now can take you and allow you to continue to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not covers. Now it's your own work that you're putting that's out right. there. That's right. Very lucky to do that. I mean, wow. Yeah. Okay, just, I know sometimes... 
talking about music is like dancing about architecture. Oh. You ever heard that before? No, it's like, I have not. let's let the song speak for themselves. You know, music is a universal language. It can bring people together. You don't have to understand all of the, the language, right? All, all of these all, things. All of the above. It's and incredible, it spreads right? peace and love in a yeah. time when we're, yeah, it's like. I'm sure you've bumped into people playing in different parts of the world who don't speak English who love your songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. For some reason, as you were talking about that, it took me to a doctor's appointment that I had for my eyes. And as an eye specialist, and and you're looking at, you know, all his plaques and stuff on his thing. I'm like, wow, you, you've really, like, done a lot of studying in school and, yeah. like, accomplished that what you do. And he looks at me and goes, what are you talking about, man? Don't underestimate what you've done for, you know, humankind. It's like you've brought love and peace and Joy. happiness and to way more people than I have patients. And I just was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, to, to say that, that was, was kind of cool, man. You're a bringer of joy, man. It's a, a so, going to see a Kim Mitchell show is a pretty good return on investment, man. You know you're going home happy. <laughs> All right, bear with me as we do a little inside baseball. Okay. Um, because we are talking about songwriting and talking about the actual mechanics and the math of it. Yep. It can be frustrating sometimes. Be very frustrating. Yeah. Um, can give you an example of that, which was um, not a well-known song of mine. It was off my last album, a song called Wishes. Um, song, uh, the verse part came together really quick and I didn't have a chorus and it took me years to finish it. And it wasn't like- No exaggeration, years. Years. Like, I'm not talking about every day going at it. There'd yeah, be yeah. months on end where I'm doing other things, but I'd come back to that song and I'd go- I'd try something. I even had a producer send me a couple of things like, what would you do here? What would you, you know, because I really loved the, the verse part. I loved the lyric. It was a lyric in a book by A.C. Childs. It was just something I read. And it took me years to find that because it speaks to creating a song is going up a mountain, getting over to the other side of the mountain, then it's done. And sometimes that happens in minutes. Sometimes it happens over a period. And it wasn't until years of trying stuff and putting it down and then you listen to it a couple weeks later and you go no, that's not it not it that's wow. what i'm talking about being the, the roadie for the songs like no eh, maybe no no and then just one day in the house it just picked up the acoustic guitar wasn't even looking for it and just kind of started to play it and just i didn't even think just like okay you need that part, that next part sometimes. And that's what we're talking about, the formatics of it, the agonizing over trying to find that next section sometimes. And it was like, there's something that sounds like it belongs. It sounds like it's meant to be there. It doesn't sound like you're trying too hard. Yeah. It doesn't sound dramatic. It's just like, it just slides. It just goes shh, right into that part. And I'm like, it's done. It's done, wow. After years to that point too, I've been told by, you know, successful record producers stuff, if something is taking you that long and is that hard to do, then the song sucks. I've, I've heard people say that too. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, so you're, you're, you're weighing that stuff. It's yeah. right. Well, am I listening to you or am I going to listen? You know, this is my life. This is my music. And I believe that first part of the song is really good. Often they'll say, because they're looking at, they're like, I only, I gotta, come on, let's go. I need some, I need some product. I need, we've got to put a new EP out or something like um, that. They're um, like, the time you're wasting on that one that's struggling, yeah. you're struggling to give birth to, you could write three more hits. I know, but you're, you're talking about the music industry. Yes. Now, <laughs> which, is, which is like. Yeah, that's different. You know, songwriters are like, 
Well, not all songwriters. You know, the Nashville guys and, and song songwriting teams that are they're delivering that stuff. They're they you're right. There's a pressure yeah. there to get up. That's their gig every day. And I kind of got the sense that you were always kind of um, you know, captaining <laughs> your own ship. Yeah. 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 That's a that's a part of that's a defining yeah. part of your you, career. You know who taught me that? Who? The guys in Rush. Is that right? That's right. Opening up for Rush. We were touring with them when they sort of had their little down slope before yeah. the big records started to happen. And the record company was like, oh, you need to deliver this and you need to deliver that. And we were in on some of their conversations, just backstage casual conversations. Hey, man, this is our life. This is this is our music. We're responsible for it. If we fail, we fail. But do we want to listen to this? Like, no, let's do what we want to do. What makes us happy? Stuff like that. So... I kind of started to do that and just, you know. Oh, man. Well, I'd much rather, if I'm listening to you, I want to hear your voice, you know? Yeah. Uh, the words that you're singing to me, I want to know that, I want to get to know yeah, you. That's exactly. why you fall in love with an artist, right? That's right. That's right. And people can, an audience can sense all the other stuff. I think I so. Find. The real true fans can be like, hmm, something's not feeling right here. What kind of songwriter would you consider yourself to be? I mean, autobiographical? Are you kind of more of an interpretive? Is there, I images. mean, images? Images. Okay. I've always gravitated towards imagery. Though. But when you said imagery, you know, what, what do you think popped into my it, head first? Okay, so image, Patio lanterns. Yeah, yeah, patio lanterns. Those patio lanterns. Yeah. The stars in the sky, patio, you know, yeah. lighting up our lives. So you're in one of your blue moods. You want to have it your way, don't want it mine. All this debating going around in, in a blue moon makes me thirsty for love. Uh, love it. Might as well go for soda. Nobody hurts, nobody cries, nobody drowns, nobody dies. See, those those are images. It's not like I woke up one day and I was having a, an argument with my girlfriend or my wife and we did this and we did that. That stuff doesn't excite me. Yeah. It's always an image and a picture into the listener's mind. I think that's really powerful stuff for me. No, I think you're right. That's a unique lane. Not a lot of people exist in that. I think that's... No, I don't think so. That's that pretty was, cool. That was the magic of Pai Dubois. You know, he he had that ability to come up with that stuff. And that's where I was like, yeah, keep going in that direction. I like that. That stuff excites me. I was his editor, basically. Okay. I had to put it in a song because he was more like a poet. So it was like seriously poetry, which is a different different thing it's well it's it's th that's now, words right this is the music business now we have to introduce the rhythm part and put this into you know rhythm and poetry um, yeah we rap. got four minutes or three minutes or whatever <laughs> well not even that not even four minutes is like okay that line's great okay that there okay so here's what i have now what would you follow that okay that's great okay working with pi wasn't the easiest thing in the world but i just loved what he did i loved the way he jammed with the english language so i'm, I'm assuming that you probably butted heads a few times but when, when sure. you're taking a large grand idea that somebody has and then trying to the end result needs to be a song he's probably in love with many of the things that you had to edit out exactly yeah like this isn't going to work <laughs> but it got down to like what are you saying va for it's ah and i'm like you know the argument is stark because sometimes you just go hey man it's just like rock and roll it's just a, it's just a song but in a way, you know, part, it's really important. It's those melodic elements, the little subtleties, the, yeah. that stuff is really important. But sometimes the best stuff happens, just goes bang, rock and roll duty happened in 10 minutes. I was married at the time. He came over with a set of lyrics, I guess, because he was excited about the lyrics. And I'm like, dinner, I'm making dinner. And I'm with, you know, and he goes, Hey man, I got this. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's go upstairs. And I had a little studio in one of the bedrooms, a little tape, turn on a tape recorder and start playing it. In 10 minutes, it was done. And we came downstairs. And at the time, my wife is like, 
so did you get anything done? Said, and he goes, yeah, we just wrote a rock and roll hit. And one of the biggest compliments I got on that song was at the Juno Awards, sitting beside Steven Tyler and Joe Perry, of Aerosmith. And, yep. and they're like, holy shit, man, what was that song? You got that song? How come that song is like a major American, like a worldwide hit? What's going on with this business? Like you just started fanboying out. You yeah. Know? Getting the respect of your peers is nice. And another thing for songwriting, you learn, at least I learned, and I've always held it close to me, is it's quantity, not quality. It's something that when I started to do it, I just kept doing it a lot of it. And you'll yep. you'll figure you'll find your thing, right? Yeah, you can't I've heard that there. too. I've heard it used for writing as well. How do you become a writer? Start writing, whatever it is. Sit down, exactly. blank page. Just start yeah, putting just words start, together because yeah. the song's not just going to come to you while you're no, asleep. No, it's not. And right? you know, it's it's the time spent thing. It's quantity, not quality. That that will come. Yeah. As you had success on the radio, did your direction become more acceptable to the people around you? Your team, Pi, for example, uh, were they like, this is actually working. Let's go and like give him a space. It's kind of hard to argue that's with a, the success that you had, right? Right, that's a good question. Let's give him more of this, yeah. right? Yeah, you have the record company cheering. It's like, hey, that was really good. Yeah. Give, give us another shake and like yeah, a human yeah, being. Yeah. Like, or is it, is so, yeah. so do they start bugging you more or do they give you more freedom? To me, songwriting and, and is such an intimate thing. You know, you're, you want to, transmit this beautiful musical energy that always sounds like it's natural my last record producer we were talking about one of the songs on the big fantasize and he goes and he's a successful guy yeah he was in my band actually at 17 and i made a comment about one of the songs i went hey should we like blah 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 and he stops and he, and he turns around and he goes goes listen he goes is you and i in the room right now he says, and I'm sensing that something else, somebody else is, you know, there's some, ch that chatter is coming from somewhere else. And he picked up on it just by my comment. And he was right. And he almost, he quit that day. It was like, if, if you want, if you want to continue, it's you and I in here. When we're in here, it's you and I. I don't want to hear any I of that. I kind of love that, man. Out, any of that outside chatter. And this guy's had big hit records. Apologize, One Republic. Oh, and, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah, Greg Wells. Kay, all the Katy Perry stuff. He had a song on Adele's record. Keith Urban, number one song. Yeah. Um, he's he's had success. And you know, maybe someone will say, oh, it's easy for him to say that. But he's right. He's right. He's going for the artistry that That's comes right. from that artist. Because right. only you can do that. Why would we dilute it? Yeah. Let's just have pure Kim Mitchell. Exactly. The songwriting skill is a very unique thing it, because it takes a little bit of, sure, everybody's insecure, but it also takes a bit of ego to say, hey, what I have to say is worthwhile. Yeah, you have to walk into it with some sort of confidence and yeah. some, you know, not arrogance, but walk close to it, right? Yeah. It's like you have to have that going on in this business anyway, where either songwriting, like, yeah. Once again, that producer about songwriting, he goes, he goes, it's really funny. And he's Canadian. He's been in Los Angeles a long time. He goes, right away within the first day of recording, goes, it's so funny working with a Canadian again. He says, because it's like, oh, I'm really sorry. I could have done that better. He says, in the States, it'd be like, hey, man, isn't that great? Like, that's fantastic. It's like, listen to that. It's like, it's amazing, right? <laughs> We're awesome. <laughs> yeah. <it's> <laughs> So we could use a little bit more of that. We Maybe could, a little yeah, bit more. No, of you're that. right. We yeah. could because you have to walk with that a little bit. The first time you performed one of your own songs on stage in front of a crowd, do you remember it? I remember the first time hearing a recorded song 
on the radio. And it was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like I pulled over, I had to stop driving. It was yeah. like, it was like today, if you're going to make place a cell phone call, you got to pull over. But I was like, pulled over and like, listen to it. This is really happening. Somebody's playing one of my songs on the radio. That's, that's a my moment, heart was huh? racing. It was just like, oh my God. Can we do some of the legacy stories, just where they came from, the moments of inspiration? Let's start with Go For Soda. Okay. You said it started with the imagery. It's a lovely song. It's a lovely image. It's a, we're talking about imagery, and that's a strong image to me. Might as well go for soda. Nobody hurts, nobody cries. Nobody drowns, nobody dies. You, that's a nice image of like the couple that are in an argument, and rather than saying, oh, we were in an argument, and we finally threw our arms up in the air, and we went... Hey, let's go have a beer at the local, you know, whatever. It's just like, yeah, let's go for soda. Nobody drowns, nobody dies. It's better than slanders. It's like strong images, like, eh. Love it. Where were you? Where'd you write it? What room were you in? <clears throat> Describe this surroundings. Okay. Yeah. St. Clair and Young, Heath Street, Toronto, Ontario. We we're at a party there, which we'd have sometimes after gigs, and a lot of people would show up from a bar. So there's, we're in a house that's got a hundred people in it now, and we're in the kitchen and there's a restaurant that we would frequent after gigs sometimes. It was called Fran's Restaurant on St. Clair, and we go get a chicken wing ding. It's not there anymore, but Pi and I are standing, and Pi goes, I've had enough of this. Like, this is driving me nuts. Let's, let's go to Fran's. And he goes, yeah. He says, let's go for soda. That's what he said. Let's go for soda. And he, say, he even said, followed one line. He goes, yeah, we might as well go for soda. It's better. Nobody hurts. Nobody cries or something. I'm like, that's amazing. It just came out of his mouth. And he goes, oh, oh. And, he, and there's a table with a bunch of food and stuff on it. Grabs a napkin. He goes, here, I'll write it down. He goes, I can come up with a million of these. And that's how it started. And then the song, music part, what was the song, Sausalito, Hot Nights and Sausalito, Summer Nights? Yeah. Yeah. I really liked that. And that's the takeoff on. Yeah, man. And the song musically, I started to write the music for Go for Soda around sort of that riff. So it didn't have the, the intro guitar intro. It didn't have any of that. All I had was. Which was yeah. that, that was the inspiration. It wasn't the same lick. So it's not plagiarizing. <laughs> but then I realized, no, nah, I can't. The song can't hang on that. So. I came up with the intro and that's how that got finished. And it was pretty quick. Yeah. Never knew. It was like, okay, it's just a song. Don't know. Do you ever look back at any of the songs that you've written and wish you had done something different or are you able to, it's just moving. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, really? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like Patio Lanterns is one. Come on. You can't, it's yeah, perfection. No, no, man. <laughs> no, you don't know the history behind getting that song to where it was. It was a hard song to sing. I just there's something about that that's to this day sounds stiff to me. Like I wasn't throwing my voice around. I just kind of like you know. You wanted to be it looser. Took me three days to get that vocal. I literally would start each day at Morn Heights Studio recording that song, doing two hours on on the vocal and going, oh, and I get frustrated. And go, oh. Let's move on. Like, let's do something else. We yeah. go on to something else on Shaking Like a Human Being, which ended up being album of the year. And three days in, the engineer and producer's like, man, that, that's pretty good. Like, it's good. I'm like, okay. But I'm, 
deep down inside, I'm like, you were waving the white flag. I was like, yeah, a little bit. I waved yeah. the white flags like, okay, sure, sure. Whatever you think. Okay. All right. And then the meeting comes, you know, there's three too many songs on the record. And I'm like, Hey man, you can take patio lanterns off. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't care if I ever hear that a song again. It's like my memory of that song is like, but that kind of went away pretty quick. <laughs> I guess, I guess. So you obviously are still pretty tapped into what it was like to be in the room. You remember it viscerally and all that stuff. Do you still feel like the same writer? I think in my early days of writing, I didn't know what a chorus was. I didn't know what a bridge was. I didn't know anything about the formatics of songwriting. It wasn't until Rick Emmett, another Canadian musician, went, hey, Kim. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, um, do you know the parts of a song? And he sat down, sat me down and, and taught me, yeah, there's a, this is what a B verse does. You know, B verse is before the chorus. It builds tension. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I sort of took that and it became sort of a little checklist as to not what I should be doing, but more like, do I have that? At least there was another- Some guidelines. Yeah. There, yeah. Was, there was something on the table that I could go, okay, I don't have a bridge in this song. Should I try it? No, it doesn't, no, it doesn't do that because- the Beatles knew all that stuff, yeah, and they broke the rules all Look, the time. Look, there's, there's indie cinema and there's Hollywood, but there's yep. still like a screenwriting structure, Ex unless you're like, you know, exactly. doing some crazy French impressionist stuff, exactly, right? But there's still <laughs> <laughs> there's then then you're on your own. Good luck exactly. to you. Exactly. Good luck to you. But there's yeah. still, you know, here's what a screenplay looks like. Yeah. Here's what a song looks like. I love yeah. that Rick Emmett was like, "Hey, man, you got some stuff going on. It's really good, but." That's what he's exactly <laughs> saying. Hey, yeah, Max was a really fan, but um, do you know what a chorus That's is? Like, do you know, you know, he was really sweet about it. I'm like, yeah. no, okay, <laughs> yeah. That is a cool and, moment. Uh, so I thank him for sort of the big songwriting lesson. But yeah, so, so quick answer to your question. Yeah. Different songwriter completely in Max Webster. And then as you age, uh, as you do it more and more and more, we like to think of ourselves as better songwriters at the end of the day it's like get your music to where you love it and that's the goal easy to tame i wrote it on the keyboard and i'm not a piano player so that hence the simplicity of the chords i call them the country corner chords yep. right so i sat there just doing pads like just holding chords. what am i do and i had the lyrics and it's so sad and then you know edit that line do that move that one down here and the, the thing that probably started to drive me nuts too was i had a drum machine so it was like and it was a terrible drum machine it was like yeah what am I doing? <laughs> and, and I listen back to it and go, I'm writing a country song? Like, what's going on here? But then it was like, yeah, okay, so I am. So what? Like, yeah. who's, and that's when I say, my mom, she was like, I can still picture in my mind, you know, like, God that's rest so her nice. soul. It's just like, she's like sitting beside me and got right up. And just started to dance with a doom, 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 doom. What am I doing? That's I nice. Well, so, yeah. I mean, sometimes writers that I talk to will be like, I turned around after playing the song and realized my kids were dancing or something like that. Yeah, They're like, yeah. oh, I'm onto something there. Make their, yeah. Made their body move, right? Yeah, yeah. you're That's, transmitting energy. That's what musical And are. I mean, you know, Neil Young, country stuff. Uh, the Eagles, country stuff. I mean, I, I love Bob Dylan, right? And, and guys who also rocked out like you. Dude, I spent two summers in Dick Dixon and the Stone Mountain Band. Who's that? Well, it's a band, country band from Sarnia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, had a motorcycle. The bass player was a cop. You know, it was, it was badass. It sounds yeah, really like good, playing man. playing bars every night. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm like the guitar player in there. And it was fun, man. The bass player's a cop. I love that. So you always got paid. 
Yeah. You always got paid. Kidding. Yeah. yeah. Diamonds, diamonds. Yep. Beautiful lyric I liked on that. Sort of just playing the little dum Really on the guitar, sort of a sixth chord arpeggio kind of thing. I don't like the sound of it on guitar, so but I like she comes across like diamonds. Really sort of like as it rolled out, I remember thinking this is almost like a nursery rhymey melody across yeah. like like, in, like it could be a music box yeah, almost yeah yeah it, it i had it had that feel and i was like well the guitar is kind of ruining it so asked the keyboard player I said can you get like a chimey bell sound on your keyboards that would and then that sort of became the signature sound of the song was yeah. like and there's some odd chords that committually kind of chords in the in the solo which are they're very strange see um, i like i think those are the sticky things Right. Those are the things that cause Signature it to stick. Things, yeah. yeah, I mean, there was a little third personality of you to go Kim Mitchelly, but that's part of the thirty thousand foot thing I was talking about earlier. Yeah, where you can actually identify the thing that makes it not random that these songs come to you. This right. is your artistry. <laughs> hey, man, thank you for sharing. It's unbelievable how much of a part of our musical DNA, your Thanks. imagery, your ability to access or access rather things that are around us that seem like. Not obvious, but just that we don't maybe focus on the right way. Jerry, lanterns and Jerry Seinfeld and, was really good at taking everyday things that we were going through in life and and kind of like looking at them a different way. And you've done the same thing in the, in the world of music. So keep your eyes open and absolutely ears open, beautiful, right? man. Thanks, thanks, Kim. All right, thanks for listening. This has been Storytellers. Join me, Paul McGuire, live this summer with Kim Mitchell, Glass Tigers, Alan Frew, Fifty Four Forties, Neil Osborne, and many others. For an experience you'll remember always. The 97 South Song Sessions Songwriters Festival is happening this July, the 21st to the 23rd, in Penticton, British Columbia's incomparable wine country. An intimate, bluebird-style music performance that features songwriters in the round, playing their hits and relating stories of a life in music. Tickets and information at 97southsongsessions.com. Download the free Stingray Music mobile app and listen to the 97 South Song Sessions channel today. Stingray Music. Life's on you. Music's on us.